The TARDIS doors burst open as Carrie enters, Travis slumped unconscious over her shoulders, the Doctor close behind her, the both of you tracking the dust and dirt of Mondas Moon into the console room. You were almost home when he passed out, but now you've brought him into the safety of the TARDIS. What do you do? Uh, Carrie, get him. There's there's a couch over here. Just lay him flat on the couch. Um, I I I'll run some scans. I, there's something going on with him, but I don't I don't know what it is. Okay, doctor. Sounds good. You know, <laughs> he's a lot heavier than he looks. All right. Well, well now you've said don't... that. Now I have to make you do a roll. I have to make you do a roll. <laughs> oh. you said it. Uh, Give me strength and athletics, please, strength Carrie. Th- strength and athletics. I'm uh, right, I'm at uh, thirteen. Thirteen. Uh, yeah, I'd say you're able to uh, carry him over to the couch without <laughs> carry him over to the couch without any uh, any, any severe difficulty. Um, Doctor, are you going over to the to, to the console or what are you doing? Uh, well, first of all, maybe don't tell him that thing about him being heavier than he looks. I think he might have a complex about it. You know, it's just it's kind of rude. Uh, so just like make sure. Hopefully, he doesn't hear you while he's knocked out. Um, I'm running over to where um, Travis is. And I'm going to scan him with the sonic, and then I'm gonna kind of like do like a little like cool move with my sonic towards the console of the TARDIS. So like whatever I scan will pop up on the screen there, on the on that like right. computer monitor. Uh, Carrie, you uh, what are you doing with Travis right now? Um, I think even though I'm I have only a one on medicine, I'm gonna check out that he's generally all right. Uh, because I do, I do care for this guy on on a human level at the very minimum. So uh, I kind of just want to make sure he's okay because nobody passed out is ever okay. Let's be honest. Okay. Um, as you are, are we to assume that you're gonna go for your fanny pack? Let's this? see. I'm, I'm looking in the fanny. Yeah, I've got a shuffle yeah. first aid kit. Why not? That's helpful. I was like, I was looking through this. I'm going like, no, none of this stuff works. She's not gonna try to shove a battery in him. Yeah, that would be bad. Uh, you are looking, th- you are looking through your fanny pack for something appropriate to uh, to use on Travis in his current unconscious state, and you are absolutely distracted. Um, when you look up again, the doctor is gone. Oh, that's cool. She just left yeah. me here. Meanwhile, I'm running around a clockwork c- castle looking for a shroud. Travis, you are in an endless white void, sitting at a small round table across from someone who looks rather a lot like you. The other Travis smiles and says, I imagine you have a lot of questions, but talking to yourself's gotta be weird. Hang on. The form of the other Travis twists in a swirl of pixelated cubes, spinning like a whirlpool before settling on another human form. Your mother, who says, No, this doesn't feel right. 
She hasn't really been part of all of this. Let's, let's try something else. She melts into pixels again, twisting into a new shape. No, I think this one is too recent. Hang on. Oh, I know exactly who I should be. Carrie melts into a pixelated vortex before again coalescing into a human form. A male wearing white shoes, white trousers, and a white polo neck, a lime green jacket, and sporting a very familiar face. Here we go. Hello, Travis. How are things? Wow. Uh, um, as if I didn't have enough on my plate right now. <laughs> Too much? Not enough? I could be... No, no, it's, it's, it's or... fine. It's just, um, it's good to see this face again. Oh, thank you. That's so kind. It's it's nice to see you, but I mean, well, it's your mind, so yeah, I do it all the time. Uh, anywho, uh, it sounded like you had a series of questions. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, just I'm gonna get right to the point. Um, who are you? Oh, well, that oh, well. I'm you, Travis. You're literally talking to yourself right now. You, no? Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know what you're going to say, so clearly you're a separate consciousness, so that makes you your own person. Well, that's weird. I was just over here being your subconscious, but now I've got to think about my own independent mortality. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm here representing a sort of internal conflict with the code, if I'm honest. It sounds like uh, some errors have come into the process, and you may need a little bit of an explainer. I'm here to help, um, what's that term? What's that incredibly present computer term? Oh yes, I'm a disk defrag. Oh. I, I, yes. I'm here to sort out some of the errant bits and bytes. Travis. Well, in Travis. Look at that. Okay. Um, I guess that's that's the beginning of an answer. Um, hmm. Finding yourself is very difficult. I understand. <laughs> why? Why does my mind need a disc defrag? I mean, I I'm I'm still human, aren't I? Yes, but we're digital now. You've had this explained like twice. I, yeah, but this is outside of the realm of human understanding, so you gotta you gotta meet me in the middle. <laughs> I mean, so okay, so when I went to the other world, the other the parallel world, mm -hmm. I inherited some of the upgrades, for lack of a better term, that The Wire gave me, right? Yes. And so now... Yes. Go on. And so now my, my... My brain, if it were a computer, I just... I got upgraded. And I was never given an instruction manual, so this is... I don't quite understand what it is I'm capable of and where you come into play and why I would need a disc defrag situation. Is, am I fragmented? Not exactly, but, um... Well, you only have half the story, Travis. 
Here, uh, it'd be easier if I show you. The unRoman, let's call him Norman, um, grabs uh, Travis's shoulder. Carrie, you have just uh, rummaged through your fanny pack for your bum bag, as we call them in England, uh, looking for right. something vaguely medical uh, that you can use to help uh, an un- the unconscious Travis with. Um, and you have just found the doctor is no longer with you. You are currently in the TARDIS. It's humming. Uh, the door is closed behind you. Um, and it's just you and Travis laying unconscious on the couch. What do you do? Um. So... Am I able to find anything in my bum bag? Because the first thing that comes uh, to mind is, like, Star Wars band-aids. And I feel like I would just place one on Travis. <laughs> <laughs> you reach in and pull out your travel first aid kit. It's a little teeny tiny little package. Right, it's got band-aids. Yeah. It has, uh, uh, there's some ointment on there, I guess. Perfect. Uh, alcohol yeah, you wipes. Your little, your little travel first aid kit. Yeah. yeah. Yay. Okay. So uh, definitely alcohol wipe, antiseptic. And then Band-Aid, because that's definitely order yeah. of uh, uh, things. Is uh, I heard there was a Gunther in here. Do there I have, is a cat. Do I have to worry about Gunther? No, Gunther's fine. Gunther's okay. friendly. Gunther's chill. Your cool. cat's also here, too. Mr. Reese's is here! Um, <laughs> I got very yeah, they make, excited friends, about my They're friends in the corner. Yay! Yeah. Um, so I know cats can kind of sense when things are a little different, um, and I would definitely, as an animal lover, uh, recognize that in Mr. Mises. So are, are they, in looking around everything, since this is the first time that Carrie is inside the TARDIS alone, um, does she notice that something's off about the cats, like they're noticing Travis in a weird way, or is there something that is alerting them, or does everything seem kind of like all is well inside the TARDIS right now? Um, Gunther's pretty chill, like, the the TARDIS being in any state of disarray that is not smoke and explosions is probably, Gunther's probably fine with it. I would say that that, uh, Mr. Mises is probably, um, uh, like, walking towards you, like, very slowly and carefully, but with that look of concern that cats sometimes get. Um, And then Mr. Mises is very suddenly jolted um, by something unexpected and runs to hide under a chair. Um, because now standing in the console room is a hologram. Uh, it is a man with uh, with uh, a beard, gray hair, uh, little round spectacles perched on the end of his nose, uh, a, a black polo neck, uh, trousers, shoes, and a pink uh, jacket with a, a cat brooch uh, on the lapel. Uh, and and this, this holographic figure um, kind of blue and staticky, kind of like hologram communications in in Star Wars, uh, which I guess scratches uh, scratches your your nerd itch a little bit. Um, and this 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 hologram is looking at no one and nothing in particular, and says, "Alert! Alert! Emergency program R has been activated. Please, uh, I don't know, hold on to something while the TARDIS seeks out the nearest me." That is the weirdest security system I have ever seen. Uh... The, the hologram disappears as the time rotor in the center of the console begins to go up and down. You can hear the engine wheezing and groaning as the TARDIS is now in flight. This is definitely uh, panic-inducing for Carrie since she's never witnessed anything like this before. Um, 
and that's such a weird security system alert to have it started her bit um so she's holding on to travis and whatever he's laying on for dear life um probably screaming at mr mises because uh you know i actually don't know much about tardis travel is it very um assaulting for people inside of it or is it more of like a smooth tra travel space it it depends on what the narrative needs in the moment. Sometimes cool. TARDIS travel is very, very smooth, and sometimes it. it's a little bumpy. I'm going to roll some dice. Let's find out. Please do. It will help. Oh, it's bumpy. This is, oh, a, this is a bumpy okay. ride. And I'm actually I'm going to have you do a roll cool. uh, to make sure. I'm going to have you do uh, athletics and coordination to make sure that you don't fall down and bruise yourself. <laughs> Carrie bruising herself? Mm -hmm. uh, so, <laughs> 13. Uh, yeah, you, 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 uh, your, 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 let your foot buckles a little bit, but you're able to kind of maintain your composure. Um, and then you hear the, the console in the center of the room make this final thunk as the time rotor stops moving, and, uh, it seems you may have landed somewhere. Um, there's a moment where you're not quite sure what's going to happen next, and then there's a knock at the door. Oh, no, I'm not going to answer that by myself. From her true crime knowledge, which she is a big fan of, she knows not to answer that alone. So, uh, Carrie is definitely trying to shake Travis awake because she doesn't know how else to get him up right now. And I'm guessing it's a failure, right? Because he's having a long conversation. Yeah, he's, he's down and out. Um, cool. And you are now hearing the jingle jangle of, key, of a key ring on the other side of the door. Oh, this is about to get real bad. Uh, I'm gonna hide? I don't, she doesn't have anything on her to def No, no, she's got a knife. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna say, I was like, oh, no. I was like, no, Carrie would, no, I'm gonna say she's tentatively, like, hands in her bum bag on top of the knife, trying to semi-protect Travis, uh, while the keys are jingling, because she's not confrontational, but she's gonna try to defend as much as she can all right uh the door gently swings open and stepping inside the tardis is a man who looks quite a lot like the person you saw in the hologram only much much younger um there's no gray in this man's hair or beard he it's just kind of sleek and black and very well coiffed um, the brooch on the uh, on the, the pink jacket is, a, is a, an entirely different brooch, which is a thing I've just decided now in the moment. Um, and uh, and the true. glasses are a lot trendier and a lot 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 hipper and a lot cooler, uh, but are still kind of round because uh, that's that's those are the photos we took. Uh, and uh, in steps this person who says, "Doctor, I thought I told you at the meat market you have to get further away from me. What are you doing here, Doctor?" Uh... Huh? What? Who the? Oh. Okay. Okay. Hold on there, Benjamin Button. Call young looking person. What? what? The doctor's do not you... here. What do you mean? What? The oh. Doctor's not here. So you're uh, not the doctor. Do no. I like a doctor. Well, no. Travis is on the couch, and I didn't. Don't see. So you're not her. Okay. Um. Oh, uh, what? It, um, hmm? Well, how do you know Travis? That's, you know, you came in here, so 
I'm gonna ask the questions. Uh, you know, I guess, I guess technically I'm doing a home invasion on you, even though this was also my house one time. You know what? You're right. Answering questions, very good. Uh, Travis and I actually just met like a week ago. That's very weird. Um, and well, he was with the doctor and. Millie, I'm guessing the doctor put her back, which is very good. I, I really was very clear about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're on the run from the doctor and my people, so we split up. I also shot Maxwell, which I'm guessing was a really bad idea now that I think about it, but, you know. You, hindsight's 2020. Hindsight's 2020, uh, 2018. Anyway, um, <laughs> so you are new then. Which means yes. this is later. Oh, that's the jacket. Oh, this is very weird. Roman recognizing the jacket that Millie bought at the market and now Travis has. Anyway, um, this is very... Please tell me Gunther's still here. Yes. Oh, and heavens. Gun there's another. Oh, Gunther immediately uh, recognizing the scent of Roman, uh, which is another serial we'll be doing at some point in the future, uh, <laughs> runs over, uh, runs over uh, very excitedly to Roman, who Gunther has not seen in quite some time. Oh, finally. Gunther, a friend. I haven't seen you in ages. How are you? Oh, you're so sweet. Oh, I could roll you over. Oh, you're such a pretty. And it's just like five minutes of Roman I just, I, just I reintroducing Michael. himself. Michael, there's not even a real cat here, and you cannot resist the urge to just play with this imaginary brain cat. I love That's cat. so on brand for you, Michael. That's exactly correct. By the way, I once spent an entire party making very good friends with a cat. Like, but, let me pick him up and everything. Can I just say, for the past five minutes, I've just been, like, smiling ear to ear and, like, covering my mouth because, like, I'm just squeeing at all that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> yes! I'm I'm glad it's working your way, Dad. Feeling good. <laughs> yeah, this is great for Carrie and Kate because neither of those people, the real person or the fictional person, knows who this. Person I know. Is. That's why it's so this good. This is a hundred percent true. Audience. Uh, but uh, Carrie does recognize the fact that Gunther seems to trust this person, and you know she's always going to trust a cat before she trusts a human. So uh, I would expect she picks up Mr. Mises as a little bit of a protection shield. She doesn't use this often, but uh, she does occasionally launch Mr. Mises at people. Uh, <laughs> you know, like Siamese style, because I, if this, you guys oh. don't know much about Siameses, but... Oh, I, I really hope, I really hope that Carrie did not say I intend to use this animal as an offensive weapon when you went to, like, the adoption agency. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it's something they discovered together. As in, they have like sort of some sort of weird, uh, some sort of deep soul connection. You know, soul cats. Mister Mises is Carrie's soul cat, and so I think in a way it's sort of like, um, oh, what's that pull that Loki and Thor do in get the, help? Oh, get, uh, help. Uh, get help. Get help. Get help. Yeah. Right. So it's their version of get help. Get me out. Yeah. Get me out. Get scratched. Here. Get yelped. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. That's Get it. Yelp. There we go. That's, <laughs> That's it. We it. Land hey, we landed on the in the end. We got there. We got um, it. Uh, so, so she, you're yes. Yeah, she's coming over to Roman um, with Mr. Mises in hand. Uh, and and comments to him, Oh, you you know Gunther and 
Gunther knows you. You guys seem to have history. Oh, yes. We're old friends from before the doctors change. What a sweet little muffin. You're so cute. Oh, you're so oh. cute. I could roll you over. The doctors change? Oh, yes. She used to be a different guy. It's not important. We do that. Has she not given you the rundown on our species? Oh, oh you guys are a species? Oh, I... Well, yeah, hmm? it's a long story, but essentially I'm here because of weird internet date that went wrong oh that'll happen yeah that that checks out was it uh was I'm it sorry if if your internet date ends with you getting divided the tardis that did not go wrong <laughs> i'm just gonna well, throw that out there. that's that's why she said it with a question mark at the end because it's not really <laughs> wrong but in the dating scheme of yeah. things it's it's pretty you know i, I don't know if that this ended. is going to give Roman a hard chuckle, because this is what dating with the doctor is like. Um, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you, um, a date with a doctor, let me guess, uh, robots with lasers. How'd yeah, but it, oh, it, you, yes. you were spot on, but it wasn't with the doctor, it was with Travis. You dated Travis? Is he old well, enough? What? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, I have so many questions. A, a what? B, Yes, he's old enough. He seems older than 18. And see, it was only half of a date. We didn't even really get... Anyways, I saved his life. He's here. You're here. Why? Well, I was really rather hoping you could tell me that. But I'm guessing some point later I set up something where if the doctor's missing, you come back to get me that's a terrible why would i do that that's stupid although i guess if i do it in the future i've already done it oh i hate time travel i mean i love it and it's really fun and information paradoxes are my favorite so okay i've fully resolved this um yeah i don't know what? Oh. i think i'm here to pet a cat right now but also meet you which is good we should probably get travis some help he's looking a little peaky yeah, I've tried shaking him. Um, I slapped some Neosporin and a Band-Aid on him, and nothing seems to be working right now. <laughs> He's I, a little sweaty. I'd, I'd say right now there's a little bit of like sweat beading on his forehead. I was really worried you were going to say you'd slapped him, and then I thought, well, if she'd already slapped him, we'd know if it worked or not, and now I'm contemplating slapping him. No. Uh, uh, no, I, I, don't think, I don't think he likes that. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like pain is something Travis is into. Oh, extremely no. He's a he's a little baby boy. We love him. Um, let me hang on. I'm just gonna have a little looky loo in here, and uh, Roman reaches out a hand and does like a, you know, non copyright infringing hand position on Travis's forehead to, uh, and I'm gonna use my psychic abilities to see if All I right, can yeah. see what's going on in Travis's noodle. Uh, yeah, give me a roll. I'm gonna jump give in. Me... I'm gonna jump in. Yeah, I think his, I think Travis's body may react by itself as a defensive mechanism. You think so? Is in Travis gonna slap me? No, I think I think maybe like <laughs> Roman goes to put out his hand and just Travis's eyes still closed, like his hand like catches Roman. That's hand. a good. Oh, I actually Ooh. don't hate that. Like like Norman knows that this is a conversation that. That yeah. he and Travis need to be having right now. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. I will gladly um, roll against, like, if I fail. Yeah, let's do that. Um, Roman, give me, um, give me a presence, uh, 
and oh gosh what is this going to be this is almost certainly going to be uh give me presence and resolve against uh travis okay, okay and you get plus two for psychic i believe um you might nice. want to look up how that psychic trait works because i don't think we've we've used it in this way before um travis you're gonna straight up go for strength and uh fighting well i'm gonna lose this role but it'll be fun to do anyway <laughs> yeah okay so psychic doesn't really apply here because it's just about it's against mental attacks and it allows me to attempt mm. to read minds so um but the nice thing is my presence and resolve adds up to 10 which really balances out that three i rolled for 13. <laughs> I got a 12. Right. It was razor thin. <laughs> Capaldi um, versus Whitaker. We'd love to see it. <laughs> I'm going to say that's that's a yes, but I'm going to say that, um, Roman, you go to do the uh, the um, Volvo mind melt uh, to, uh, to, to Travis, <laughs> and he just reaches out and just like gently slaps you on the face, like very gently, not in a way that would active, like is a physical deterrent, but it's as if to say, you have a choice to make here. Yowza. What's it going to be, cowboy? Ow. What the hell? All right. Um. Mm. Okay. I'm not going to try that again. Uh, I think he needs to relax in his own time. That's my educated medical opinion from getting hit in the face. Um. Hmm. We should see if the... Oh, I don't want to take you out there, but... oh. We should see if the Nebulaxians have a medical kit. Who? Who? We're going outside? Oh. oh yeah. Oh, uh, uh, well, I've never left the TARDIS by myself. You, you won't be. I'm here. Hello. Well, Gunther's staying. Well, I don't know you very well. Well, can Gunther come with us? That's a terrible idea. It's can I make a pitch? Yeah. I'm pretty sure the TARDIS data core is going to have pictures of... Roman slash Romana and various doctors that you could like throw up as a ooh that's proof. that's a good one. Hang on, I think Roman's thinking it's gonna be he's. I mean, yeah, he needs to tell uh uh Carrie sort of the whole deal. Um. Oh, okay. Uh, so I think Roman is uh um. He's gonna put Gunther down very carefully. Uh, dust off his uh, his pink coat uh, and um, sort of straighten up uh, for a, a proper introduction and uh, reach out a hand and say, uh, I'm Roman Edward Rotlunder. Uh Roman, for short, much easier. Uh, friend of the doctors we used to date. Uh, you can trust me. Okay. I do, for now. What? We're going to help Travis, right? Absolutely. And then, ideally, okay. we'll find the Doctor. Okay. Well, I'll follow you for now, but... No funny business, okay? I've got things in this bum bag of mine. Well, alright. I I can't promise I won't be funny, but I'm very terrible at business, so that'll be fine. You know, I, I'm realizing right now me being a man is really throwing off the whole girl vibe trust thing. Hold on. And uh, Roman's going to walk over to the console and pull up uh, the TARDIS data core. Here you go. Here's a little uh, history on me, because this is kind of recent. You know how, like, your iPhoto makes vacation albums out of your snaps? <laughs> I, I, yes! I, I picture, like, Roman clicks, like, the Doctor and Roman, 
And so just like a bunch of photos from the key to time of the first Romana, who's like, uh, Kate, so you know, like this black haired woman, uh, very kind of aquiline uh, uh, English features, white puffy coat uh, with sort of a... Oh, that coat. Oh, it's a great coat, right? Um, and then that over time shifts to uh, a blonde-haired woman in a pink coat, kind of similar to the one Roman is in now, um, running away from some strange-looking pepper pot things. You don't really understand what the heck's going on there. Um, and then, you know, some cool snaps of uh, this version of Roman, then called Romana, and uh, someone who you can maybe guess used to be, or like was the doctor from his scarf. Uh, but who knows? And then maybe we see just a few snippets of Roman well, Romanas that we haven't uh, met before um, in big collars and in like a strange alien uh, court and, uh, you know, general Time Lordy stuff. If you Google Gallifrey or Time Lord, you, you'll get some you'll get a general yeah. idea. Um, just and then finally, I guess it it settles on this Roman, our Roman, and then it starts to continue, and I, I would guess maybe shows a picture or two of old Roman, which may really mess up Roman Roman. I don't know if I need to spend a story point for that or not, but it's an idea. Uh, no, I'm happy to let that play out. I'm, that's fantastic. I'll, I'll let you decide how, how you want to react to that, this older version of you. And I'm also going to say there are probably some photos of this version of Roman uh, with a man in that kind of shimmery leather jacket with a, a stick. Oh yes, yes. Uh, there are going to be some in there, uh, 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 some photos of of that person in there as well. Uh, before you see pictures of the older version of Roman, the one that you recognize now as being the hologram that engaged this uh, the, the program that brought you here in the first place. Well, that who? Oh, well, that proves that theory. Oh. Hold on, let me. Well. That proves that theory, I suppose. All right, so... There's something you have to do here with this me. Oh, this plan is getting worse all the time. All right, uh, let's let's focus on Travis right now. Um, uh, when we go outside, don't tell anybody you're a human. Come on. And Roman is going to just walk out the doors of the TARDIS. And... Carrie, Carrie what do you do? Follow, uh, she's following suit while she's yelling at him. Why not human? The white space fills with darkness, like stage lights being shut off. And then suddenly, Travis, you are somewhere else. You're in the library in Sheffield, New Jersey. And you know without looking, uh, without knowing that it is October 1998. It's dark outside, uh, the sun's already set, so the only light is the, the dim low lighting of the library after hours as one of its staff finishes putting away a trolley full of books. And it's you, Travis. You stand watching yourself, another copy of yourself, putting away books just as you did on the night that you vanished. You watch, waiting for the light that seems to burn through the stacks, through the walls, through your eyelids as it took you away to that museum in the future. But it never comes. You just watch for a moment as your other self uh, begins, just continues putting books away. Until something catches his eye. And you see his attention turn 
to the small computer lab in the corner of the library, and there's a green glow coming from the room, a flickering on one of the monitors. You watch as the other Travis walks into the computer lab towards a single computer displaying a mess of green and white pixels. And it's very disconcerting to see from the outside as the wire moves from that computer, from that screen, into that alternate Travis. And there's nothing you can do but watch. Somehow you know what the wire is doing. This Travis is being rewritten rewired and you can feel an itch at the base of your own skull as you watch this as though perhaps you can feel it too. Norman explains. This is the moment, Travis. The moment everything changes. The library swirls and crashes in a tidal wave of cubes and pixels and suddenly you're in the head office of Nest Online, where you and the Doctor had once foiled Jennifer and the Wire's goals of world domination. Except, there is no Jennifer. There is only you, and the alternate Travis, and the wire, and nobody to stop them. And the scene shifts again to the New York Stock Exchange, where the alternate Travis has made millions on the stock market thanks to the wire's manipulations. To the roof of Nest Online's New York headquarters, and the large satellite that broadcasts free Wi-Fi to the people of New York City to a factory manufacturing devices that look quite a lot like Game Boys, but with larger screens. Nest Online has gone global, bringing smartphones to the world almost a full decade early. Through the wire, through Nest Online, through you, everything is being manipulated. Even who dates who. And before the Western world realizes what happens, the wire has taken over. The entire East Coast is a sea of wires and cables and junction boxes and machinery, and it spreads towards the West like Kudzu. Conquest seems inevitable. But that is not the goal of the wire. Working with the other Travis, she has been building a broadcast tower, a means to send herself home to the planet she belongs to so that she can seek revenge against those of her people who wronged her. You see the alternate Travis now, walking along the galley towards that giant satellite. The one you now realize is the one that you used to return back to Colony 47, what feels like a lifetime ago. And then, you arrive. You see it briefly as the alternate Travis flashes. And you remember walking towards that satellite as the wire controls your body. Watching that, you are aware of the fact that that is you. You are looking at you, your experiences with that satellite. But you are not the only passenger in that body, in your form. Someone else is in there. Something besides you and the wire. And as you return to Colony 47, it travels with you, lying dormant in the back of your newly digitized mind, unable to take control, unable to express itself, unable to do anything until Gallifrey. Whatever this other entity is, it's set free when it is within reach of the TARDIS's telepathic field. And from there, once it's on Gallifrey, it's able to make the leap to the Matrix, a giant hard drive at the core of Gallifrey that stores every experience every Time Lord has ever had. You stand now 
at the gates to the Matrix as Rassilon attempts to free whatever it is that's captured in there. He succeeds, and a new form appears, like pixels, beside him. It's you. The other you. The alternate Travis, the one you've been watching this whole time. He came with you from the other reality. Norman turns to you and he says, So it's not all your fault, but it's like a little bit your fault. I mean, I didn't choose to go to that other dimension, but I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, that this is this is blaming the messenger <laughs> to to a degree I never even considered before. You're right. I guess I've never been mad at a pipe before. I guess I won't do it. I could be mad at a wire, but that would be sort of recursive. All right. Okay. 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 Hmm. So, what you're saying is, Rassilon has the wire version of me in some capacity, correct? Yes. They've teamed up, Travis. They're working together. Don't you remember, now? Matchmaker. Who do you think was so proud of you for finally getting a date? My mom? No. <laughs> I could switch back. Do you want me to switch back? No, 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 no. Okay, no. Right. Uh, There's enough weird stuff happening. I don't need anything else. <laughs> Yeah, that could be... Yeah, you don't need your mom inside your head. That That's not going to help anybody. All right. So, so yeah. Go on. So tell, so tell me. Where do you come into play? Because, again, I know you're part of me, but are are you... What What is your... What is your... What is your goal with me? Is it is it to work with me? Is it to... Um, I don't know. Is it is it to remerge the consciousnesses? Is, I mean, that that other universe is gone. I mean, we, we we watched it, we watched it die around us, escaping from it. I mean, we can't send that Travis back to where he came from. I mean, what? T- tell me, tell me your purpose. My purpose was simply to make clear things you didn't understand. I'm just here to inform and educate. And show you the things you weren't allowed to see before. But now you understand, Travis. There is another you. Another us. You're the only person who can stop it. I mean, I would ask you how, but I mean... Presumably you only know as much as I know. But you know what the other Travis... This is... uh, And... Honestly... Okay. I'm, I'm gonna make a pitch right now. Travis is kind of befuddled and we're in his mindscape. Are things going to start, like, getting fuzzy or blurry or, like, the scenery kind of, like, shifting? That's an interesting question. I had, uh, in my, in my mind, the, the, the scenery and as, at the, the gate to the, the Matrix, that had already started to kind of dissolve into kind of pixels and cubes and kind of float upwards like bubbles in soda and leaving you and and Norman standing in that white space again Um, but if you are uh, let's do this, I'm going to have you do a roll Uh, go ahead and give me a let's call it presence and resolve, just go ahead and roll those two bad boys together Okay. (laughs) wow, so I had a 6 going in and I rolled uh, an 11 (laughs) <laughs> so, oh wow. yeah, there's, there's 17. 
You're beauty. Seventeen's good. Here's what I'm. Here's what I say. That you go to sit down. There was not a seat underneath you before you went to sit down, but you de- are definitely now sitting down on something. Oh. This chair kind of manifested itself underneath you as you went to sit. It's like a chair out of your memory. Yeah. You've, yeah. You've got a little more control, and in fact, I would say. Um, with that role, if there is a specific thing that you want to recall and revisit to see, uh, I, I would give you that as a gimme right now if you wanted to do that. Um, no, I didn't. Honestly, I wanted it to be almost a little more vague, like, kind of like the quote-unquote walls around us sort of, like, flicker with just quick images of, you know, everything Travis has experienced, like you're changing channels on your TV very quickly. I, I think the way I'm, the way I will uh, I will manifest that, given that you're a little more composed than you thought, mm. um, I'm going to say that you can kind of hear behind in in the background. You can hear echoes of things that you've said and done and experienced. You can hear voices from uh, the many adventures that you've had with with Carrie and the Doctor and Millie's in there, Roman is in there, the Master, Susan, all of the people, Russell Turner, all of the various voices, Fnark that you've encountered just quietly in the background as the white void that you are in um, you can see kind of faint wisps of of memory um, off in the distance yeah I mean <laughs> he's running the full gamut of emotions just like seeing and yeah. recalling all that um wow um yeah look I don't I don't pretend to claim that I'm <laughs> in control of my uh, faculties right now but do I have control in here a little bit? At least, like, this is a construct of my mind, and you're here to assist me? Are you my Clippy? <laughs> oh, no. I really wanted to be Al from Quantum Leap, but I'm your Qui- uh, Clippy. Oh, no. I, yeah, I like you being Al, too, but... I'm, I'm Clippy. Oh. That's a real... That's That hurts a little. And I think the, like, lime green of Norman's jacket darkens just slightly... Like the white, <laughs> like he has that sort of like whatever glow was inside sort of fades like kind of sad, but then it you know sort of restores. He just yeah. has like an emotional moment. Travis, the good thing is we have one thing that other Travis doesn't have. One thing he's no longer capable of even making. What's that? Friend. Uh, you step out of the TARDIS to uh, a, a, what appears to be like an alien city street. But this street has been uh, kind of done up, uh, kind of like for a festival or a carnival. Kind of like how sometimes you know Burbank will close off all the the you know mm-hmm. the art yeah. festival yeah, that they do. For, uh, and this... the holiday festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, except this is not a holiday festival at all. Um, this appears to be an Earth festival. Um, this is where the residents of Nebulax 9 uh, celebrate their Earth Festival, their concept of what Earth was like in the 1980s. There are a lot of bright colours, there's a lot of uh, spandex-like material. There are, in fact, two or three aliens here or there who look like they may be made of spandex. Like That's their skin, that's an aesthetic choice that they have somehow evolved or developed, uh, possibly of their own free will, you don't know. Um, there are, uh, there are uh, lots of video screens showing a lot of uh, broadcast television that appears to be from the 80s and the 90s. Uh, there's a lot of friends, wings, there are some share exercise tapes on loop. 
um, the thriller video is uh, is playing, slightly garbled. Uh, there's a there's a lot of uh, lots of 80s accoutrement. Uh, probably the most advanced thing you see is um, a looping sequence from Back to the Future Part Two uh, of the the uh, the skateboard uh, chase sequence from the first act of that particular movie. But this hoverboard this, this part entire, two. There we go. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I knew this uh, place was gonna kill Travis. I knew- <laughs> <laughs> it is it is full on alien culture trying to do what they think 1980s Earth was like. Got you. So any interpretation of the 1980s cast. Yeah. yeah, it's full it's full weapons grade wedding singer. Yes. Yeah, any I show of the you. time traveler going to the 80s. Yeah, there's like four every 80s song is playing at once. Continuing yeah. the tradition of ours. Yeah, you've emerged into the middle of this uh, Earth festival, and Roman, what are you doing? Uh, I think uh, Roman is going to pull out his Sonic uh, and do a scan for um, local medical kits, because this place has a relatively high enough tech level. Uh, how do you want to do that? Do you want to spend a story point for the Sonic, or do you want to roll? Can I just uh, um, spend the point? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, a medical uh, a, a medical center not far from here. Like, just around the corner. Actually, it's a short walk from here. Oh, perfection. Roman is going to turn to Carrie and make sure she's uh, relatively close. Oh, she but- is. She's hugging onto you like glue, and Mr. Huffle is in her right hand being squeezed. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Uh, oh, uh, hello. Uh, You're very close there. That's fine. Okay. We are going to go this way, and Roman gestures with the the glowy tip of the sonic uh we're going to go towards the um the medical center here and get some equipment to check in on travis yeah to- totally okay. i'm cool i'm fine i'm don't get lost as... don't let anybody steal you Wh- what carrie as you talk the as you say okay yeah cool um someone you see this big shape this huge shape uh maybe about eight or nine foot tall this kind of dome of a creature turn its entire form and you realize as it's turning it's got these very little kind of stumpy legs and these kind of flap arms on its side um as it as it kind of pivots around to you and it says that sounded very authentic are you human oh no 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 roman's gonna think that roman's gonna sounds like sorry go ahead (laughs) I think Roman's going to turn and be like, oh, how extremely dare you. It's a common misconception, but we're nowhere near as gross as the strange ape people. Oh, you like the humans, right? Of course. Oh, we're very pro-human here on Nebulax 9. Well, I'm, I'm oh, terrible. Those, those poor people. Oh, that poor planet. Yes, indeed, I agree. It was a dreadful shame what happened to Earth. Uh, we're, uh, of course, um, Time Lords from the planet Gallifrey. We're here to just do a general inspection for the High Council. Yep. I'm absolutely gonna make you do a roll. Uh, presence and, uh, convince. Please. Yes, I'm gonna use voice of authority, which gives me a plus okay. two on presence and convince. Um, do it. Uh, so yeah, 16. Oh, plus the, 16. plus the, uh, the two, so 18. 18 uh he uh this 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 large creature looks at you and and he says Ooh, 
Okay, well, that's actually kind of a shame. I've always, always wanted to meet an actual human, but obviously I guess that's never going to happen, considering the planet no longer exists. What a shame. Oh, well, have fun. Terrible, terrible shame. Yes, let's move. And I think Roman's going to pull Carrie along with him. And yeah, just... I would definitely say she's frozen in, like, kind of shock. And, like, that faint um... smile. So yeah, Roman's going to uh, pull uh, Carrie along kind of, you know, in a friendly way, not in like a spooky way. Um, and just sort of say to her casually, like, don't worry about it. They have a very wrong idea about humanity. They think you all um, exploded sort of around the mid-90s, early 2000s-ish. Don't, it's fine. Oh, okay. Uh, medical bag this way? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, it's really very interesting. Uh, humans used to primarily use analog uh, television signals, but once they switched to digital, uh, the, the signal stopped transmitting. What's that about digital? What's, what's that? What happened? And I think this what is going to... Talk, we talking about Earth? Oh, uh, I was actually imagining Roman's friends, uh, a thing fading off. Never mind. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> hello. Uh, I was just um, informing uh, my friend here about the the, the origin of the uh, the... the, the the human fair, of course, the, the human renaissance fair. Um, yeah. You know, she, she was unaware of the, the signals you received uh, years ago that taught you all about the great and wonderful human culture, the incredible expressive colors and shapes of their, their society, and, of, of course, their dreadful and mysterious end when the signals stopped coming. Yes, 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 know all yeah. about it. We often wonder what happened to Earth, and one day we're going to send a ship to check it out, see what we can find. Maybe there'll be rubble, maybe there'll be a giant space bat. I'm, I'm just thinking off the cuff here, I don't know what's out there. You both look very human. Uh, it's a very common mistake. I'm a Time Lord from the planet Gallifrey. I'm actually an incredibly superior being to humans, but I don't rub it in. Right. We're very pro-human here. What about what about you, the the other one with 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 the hair? What, what are you here for the festival? What's uh what's your favorite thing about humans? Oh oh me uh I I love the uh and Carrie looks around very very quickly and notices the hoverboard uh from Back to the Future and she recognizes that she's like oh I love I love the, the hoverboards. Yes. That they used to ride around on. Exquisite boards. Hob very hovering. Hoverboards. Mm. Well, she whispers to Roman that... at the side of her mouth. Is this, is this, should we go? This is the second one that stopped us. I don't know. This is, uh, I should, I mean, that's from a movie. That's a work of fiction. What are, what are you talking? Who are you? I'm. Oh, sorry. We're, like I said, we're Time Lords from the planet Gallifrey. It's her first time here learning about the humans. Um, oh! So, she, oh, she... Okay, so let me explain. A movie is a sort of a work of fiction. It's kind of a hypothetical, All right. if, you can, if you can picture that. And Roman's right. going to hold it's out... Very... <laughs> can Roman, like, hold out a hand and be like, All right, let me stop you there. If anyone's going to do the mansplaining, it's me. Move along. <laughs> Uh, give me, um, uh, definitely give me presence and, uh, and convince on that one, because that was pretty great. 
I'm going to give you a plus two for that regard. Actually, no, you got voice of authority. You don't need me to help you. Yes, indeed. Um, oh, we both have voice of authority, Roman. Ooh. We're, well, yeah, you're a um, you're an entertainment. You're, you gotta be uh. Yeah. On. Yeah, PA life. This has given me just enough time to do math, which uh, comes out to 13 again. Funny enough. That's a good number. Uh, let me roll for this guy. Well, hang on a minute. What? Mansplaining? That doesn't sound very human. Oh, it's an extreme... I know you're not human, but still, we're supposed to be celebrating Earth culture right now. I don't know how you could say it's not human. Man's right there, in it. Oh, you got me there. Stay groovy, man. Stay groovy. We're going to go this way. Absolutely. You enjoy your time at the fair. And we. I'm, I think we're both just going to turn around and keep walking. Yeah, she's... she's <laughs> I'm, I'm going right. to say Carrie shoots finger guns at him as she walks away. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Good greeting. Very human. Uh, mm. uh, yeah, he he, uh, he says, that's it. Coffee's for closers. Bye. And then he leaves. <laughs> Always be coffeeing. Let's go. You make it to the, the sci-fi alien urgent care, uh, which is just basically like a small white room with a counter. And there is a tall, thin... Uh, tube-like alien. I'm kind of picturing the the stick figure from A Bug's Life right now. Yes. <gasps> uh, oh my gosh, I love him. And uh, and he looks at you uh, and he says, uh, "Can can I help you?" Yes. Would you happen to have a first aid kit back there? Yes. It's it's kind of our thing. Give it. May we have it? Hey, oh. Roman. May we have it? I'm so yeah. sorry. Let sorry. me apologize for him. I'm getting Maybe. my hang of the human languages, of course. Please get oh. it. Oh, oh, you're here. You're here for the it. festival. I see. Yes, you're here for the. Oh well, I. Mm, a very uh, merry Bon Jovi to you, sir. Uh, to, oh, and a Bon Jovi to you, sir. I see you've brushed up on your lingo. That's <laughs> Ab- that's uh, that's very vaporwave of you. I like it. Uh, right. Let me ask you a quick question. Uh, I tell you what. In the spirit of the fest. Oh wait, is this for an urgent thing or is this? Casual. It's medium urgent. I'm wondering why this conversation medium. at a first aid facility is taking so long when I need to get first well, aid for medium someone. Medium urgent is is my favorite kind of urgent because that's not very urgent at all. So you, I'm going to throw. You don't need to know this information about us. It's, uh, well, then I then you've got time to answer a little human trivia. So I haven't had many visitors here, as you know. We're a very health conscious species here, so of we course. don't have a lot of need for. But anyway, I'm going to ask you a little trivia question about uh about humans um my my the question you're gonna love this um what uh what television series uh was the show frasier a spin-off of 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 um go on go oh, on you was, got this that was the full that was the full question was what television the, series was frasier frasier is a spin-off of which oh. other earth human television program Right. I am so sorry. Uh, right. Uh, Roman. You don't... All right. Um, was it, uh... He's one of the EastEnders, right? Can can I clarify something? How many guesses do we get at this? Oh, just the one. He's not one of the EastEnders? Uh, uh... EastEnders? No. 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 Roman, no, no, no. This is an American TV show. Frasier? Oh, Frasier? Do you God, know Frasier? what is that? Fra- no. Frasier. 
I'm from he... another bloody planet. What is a TV? No, I know what a TV is, but I mean, come on. Um, is he it, one of the guys I... off Newsnight? He... Funnily enough, it is a spin-off of Newsnight. I knew it. Very good. <laughs> Very well done. Here is an all-purpose medical kit. Oh, beautiful. I could kiss Roman, you on the you're... mouth, but I know you wouldn't like it. Let's go. You... Goodbye! Farewell, you beautiful lucky. stickman. That was I so lucky, know. Robin. How did you do that? I absolutely just guessed, and uh, I figured it wouldn't be cheers. All right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you had had this conversation in front of the unconscious Travis, he would have woken up. <laughs> oh, cheers! <laughs> Had I but known, we could have saved him with the pure nostalgia. It's, it's a hoverboard, not a roller skate. Wait, no. I need 10 cc's trivial pursuit. Stop. Uh, so you guys just heading straight back to the TARDIS? Yes. Conversations. Uh, sorry, not Roman. Michael. Uh, yes, conversations have not been going great for us. So I'm going to make a beeline uh, back to the TARDIS. Yeah. Um, there is a parade on the way back, and all of your favorite uh, copyrighted fictional characters are participating. <laughs> I won't name any names, but they're all there. Um, also, Super Ted. There's for a those giant. Who grew up watching British cartoons. Super Ted. <laughs> There's a giant foam Frasier. These people really like Frasier. There's like oh. there's like four separate Kelsey Grammers there because of all the various shows that he's been oh, in. Dan wants to, to go say. to this human renaissance fair. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah the, the people of uh, Nebulax 9 believe that uh, uh, Kelsey Grammer was one of the Earth's foremost uh, minds. And they were right. He's listening. <laughs> I was just about to say, Kelsey Grammer is my Incredibly talented man. I was gonna say this this planet probably thinks he's a god. Yeah, that's what I thought you were gonna say too, actually. <laughs> hey what, he's had a beast of a career. Alright, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, Just all these copyrighted characters are there. Uh, but that does mean the streets are you know how Disneyland gets packed when there's a parade and it's oh, difficult to I move do. on the sidewalks? That's the situation you are facing with. Right? What was, do you do? I was gonna say, I was like, I'm clumsy, so Carrie's about to go into some shenanigans. Oh no. Because it's it's too close. Like the the possibility of getting lost is really high. The possibility of like falling down is really high. This is about I've also the possibility of getting lost is not actually that high because uh, uh they they never got lost because that's when things were just But um bum ah. mm. <laughs> comedy. You burst. So you're gonna try to move through the crowds? I will attempt to, yes. Most definitely. Because, right. like, we gotta get back to Travis. We've got something yeah. to do. We've been really lucky so far. Give me coordination and awareness. Let's do that. Both okay. of Yeah, I was gonna say, can I assist as well? I'll try and be like a guy. Oh, yeah, you're both doing this. I rolled a total of one. 14. Okay. Um, Roman, you're able to move through the crowd uh, with ease. You are like a knife. Through butter, which I think is also a very good way of describing uh, Roman as a character, actually. Like a knife um, through Maxia. Anyway. <laughs> that was really more of a laser gun, or a laser gun, if you will. Uh, and I won't. Uh, Carrie, um, you're a little less uh, sure footed. You're stepping on feet. Um, and uh, you st the, 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 the big person who you encountered at the beginning 
Uh, somehow you manage to step on his, like, he has three toes and you step on two of them. Got it. Um, and he goes, Vroom! Oh, I'm Oh, it's oh, you. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just trying to follow my friend. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've met Time Lords before. You don't smell Time What are you? No, I'm definitely a Time Lord. Uh, I, I'm just in training. Oh, what, crap. Uh, which... Which chapter of the academy did uh, do you, are you training at? You know, right. I think that's a very personal question that you're asking, and you don't need to know this from me. <laughs> uh, give me, uh, I'm going to say give me uh, presence and convince on that one. Actually, I'm going to make that ingenuity. No, no, presence and convince is good. Give me presence, presence and, convince and convince on that one. And she has voice of authority. Okay. Yeah. 14. Fourteen's pretty good. He looks at you and he says, Alright, that's a fair answer. But I guess... Alright, well... Don't let me hold you up. I'm watching the Frasier Parade. Goodbye! <laughs> and he turns around and he watches the, the Frasier Parade. I've just decided it's all Frasiers. All Frasiers all the time. <laughs> it's Frasiers all the way down. It's Frasier's all the way down. Um, yeah, you both make it back to the TARDIS uh, with only that one small incident. Um, and you, as you enter the TARDIS with the with the medical kit, um, you see uh, Travis is actually already just starting to come around. You didn't even have to do anything. He's just starting to percolate back into consciousness. Travis, we return to the Mindscape. You are sitting in the white void with uh, with Norman who is now drinking a little cup of imaginary tea. Um, how you feeling? Um, okay, I, I still feel like I'm kind of playing catch-up on things. Um, you're a disc defragger, correct? Yes, and sort of a manual, and also clippy. I'm still dealing with that. Okay, and you were able to, and I guess I was too, We I we were able to generate stuff in this space to a limited degree correct well i'm here so kind of yeah um here's what i'm thinking um yes what it's very important what you said obviously is that the other travis does not have friends but i also think that other travis may no longer have his sense of self and i know who i am and Clearly, you know things that I know, but I don't have control over. So, here's what I'm thinking. If I am a computer, I want to get a software upgrade. Go on. Uh, I'm going to speak in uh, out of character right now. So, basically, what I'm thinking is I want the equivalent of Travis to gain some more or gain awareness of the tech stuff he's sort of been absent-mindedly been doing this season um and i i you know he would say i want to go from windows 95 to windows 98 but i am willing to make a permanent story by to increase my technology level from five to six bringing me up to starfaring 22nd century 
it's it's 22nd to 30th century, but I will cap it at 22nd century Earth, faster than light travel, and transmats. Just so he now has at his disposal the information packet that is standing in front of him. That's awesome. That's a really cool idea. You so here's what cool. here's how I want to interpret that. Let me let me actually bring up your character sheet for a minute. S- setting aside for a minute your your technology level, mm-hmm. your tech skill as well is at three right now. Is that right? Uh, yes, it is. Okay. So here's what I, here's what I'm here's what I propose based on what you've just said. I'm willing to give you um uh you have the tech awareness, but you're but you are aware of that, Dan. Travis is not. I'm willing to give uh Travis access to that knowledge um so that he's able to reach out and like properly sense technology hang on um no sorry go ahead sorry uh travis got all amandus in his mind yeah it would make perfect mm, sense yeah. for travis to go to six yeah, yeah. that yeah. that was basically i oh, didn't even agree. think of that yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well there's there's a couple of other things i want to do so we don't let's inc- we're going to increase your tech level to six I want to I want to give you more conscious awareness so that you can actually try to reach out and search for technology instead of just have it happen at you. Um, but also also and... having the understanding of like our like our current technology. Like when he sees like a smartphone or a computer, it's not like oh I don't know how to use this. Like yeah, you know, really juicing the uh, juicing the wheeze here. No, just in the stats. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I abso- I I absolutely love that. I think the way that I would want to interpret that, because we're, we're going to be buffing Travis quite a bit here, um, I think what I would also want to do is knock up your knowledge and technology skills by one point each. Okay. So your knowledge would go up to five, your tech would go up to four, your tech level would go up to six, and you would have more conscious uh, awareness of your ability to use, um, was it technology sense? I forget the name of that track. Uh, tech sensitive. Tech sensitive. Uh, the way that I want to balance that so that we're not, so that Travis is not too OP at this state, I want to reduce your maximum story. Point. That's exactly what I was offering. Awesome. I want to knock you down from 12 to 10. Perfect. Oh, uh, honestly, I was willing to give more, but I, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> never, never, never tell Ben two. that. You know what? I'll throw in that bonus one that you gave me. So I'm, I'm, I'm spending two permanent and one temporary. How about that? <laughs> your 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 max story points is now going to go down to ten. Perfect. So you can never have you can never have more than ten story points in the same way that the doctor can never have more than eight. Yep. All right. That that is done. It is law. Your uh, your knowledge has gone up to five. Your tech has gone up to four, and your tech level is now going up to six. Should we do a Should we do a bit of a wordscape to describe this new? Yeah. Let's um, let's hear Norman's reaction to. The question that that Travis just asked. An upgrade, you say? Curious choice of words. And I think um, behind Norman, like a square shape starts to emerge, and then that fills in with images from Mondas and the Cybermen and the Cyberkeeper from last serial and all that information that was loaded into Travis's mind as well. Um, and what Norman slash Clippy slash Unroman is able to do is um, give Travis the context for all of that. Basically, it's like Travis Travis now went to school in Mondas instead of Earth. So he has the native understanding of technology maybe, what, like 100, 200 years in the future? Mm. Mm. 
you've gained this addition yeah this additional knowledge begins to seep uh into your awareness and your understanding travis and uh as well as having all of the the knowledge and know-how that you had from growing up in the 80s and 90s you also have this this additional layer of information and knowledge and data from mondas uh being filtered into that as well um and you are now you're becoming aware of the fact that any time before when you felt this kind of twinge towards the uh towards technology in the past you are now aware of the the neurons in your brain that were making that possible and you're able to kind of you're in the same way that when you you know you gain a bit of strength and you can flex a muscle you can kind of flex those neurons in your in your own head and you can kind of now within your mindscape there's kind of the the, the loose echo of the tardis console begins to uh kind of envelop you and norman as your uh you begin to kind of reach out and sense the presence of the tardis outside of your unconscious body so the white space is kind of taking on a little bit of a it's kind of like you're in a transparent glass tardis console room all right yeah travis will go right up um and uh has the upgrade happened yet or is this is this are we yeah. doing it you get the you get the ding and there it is you you've okay. got it you've got it all all of that knowledge and data and uh, uh information as well as the ability to flex that you know technology sensitive uh, yeah so i think he is now with you permanently yeah i think he looks at this uh um mindscape version of the tardis console and like for where it once just looked like levers and knobs it's uh, at least a base understanding i'm not going to say travis knows how to fly the tardis but it's like oh this is the uh this is the gravitational sta- sta- uh stabilizer and this is you know uh, the vortex dimension control and diameter reader it's just like he has an understanding of the things that are in front of him to a degree he's never had before and I think he turns around and Norman is there, like, sort of observing this. Yes. Well, first I have to say thank you. Um, it's nice having a being in my head who's not trying to kill me or take over my body to take over the world. Um, is, is there anything I can do to thank you? Live, Travers. Live beautifully. I will. Um, and as he says that, uh, Norman's physical presence begins to, from the, from the feet up, uh, uh, begins to kind of, uh, dissolve into this kind of, uh, cascade of, of twinkling, spinning cubes. Um, and you reckon you maybe have about 30 seconds left of time with, with Norman before he completely dissipates. If you ever need me, just find me. Oh, Travis, you never understood. I was always here for you. Also, remember me like this, not as Clippy. <laughs> and then he is gone. Clippy, and Clippy, I'm gonna Clippy, give... Clippy. Sorry, that's, that's okay <laughs> I'm gonna... I'm gonna give Travis one more thing. Uh, we're adding a new trait to your character sheet. Alright. And it's called Indomitable. That's the page I opened to. It's a major good... <laughs> yes. It, the indomitable trait gives a gives the character a plus four plus four bonus to any roles to resist becoming possessed, hypnotized, physically controlled, or similar. So this basically means that uh, Travis can't just be overtaken anymore, in the way that we've done in a couple of stories now. Um, so we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna pull that 
story lever anymore. And any any character or entity that tries to do so, you now have this big buff. You now uh, have Norman antivirus. Oh, I don't care that my audio spiked on that. It was worth it. <laughs> I did not intend Fine. to do that. I just didn't want Reverse Roman to be called Namor. <laughs> um, the the glass TARDIS around you, uh, Travis, starts to uh, starts to glow with a white light, and then you are you find yourself enveloped in this white light, and then you open your eyes. And you are inside the TARDIS proper, with its console and its espresso machine valves, and not one but two cats, just in time to hear the door open as Carrie and a shockingly young-looking Roman enter the TARDIS. Oh, criminy! I could have just waited and made some tea. Yay, Travis! And Carrie runs over and... Uh, forgetting that he's kind of like waking up, just kind of attack hugs him. Oh yes, also yay, Travis. Mm. Uh, you could be a little bit more enthusiastic, Roman. This is extreme enthusiasm for me. What are you talking about? So, uh, Tra- Travis sees them enter, and he sees that Roman is there, and you just see, like, slowly but surely, just this enormous smile come over his uh, his face. And he walks slowly towards Roman, and he goes, I've got something for you. And he reaches into his jacket pocket, and just like the uh, the uh, Western Union guy at the end of Back to the Future 2 pulls out and goes, <laughs> A letter for you! <laughs> oh, It's somehow raining in the TARDIS, somehow. <laughs> um, so I hand him the letter, and I fish the key out of my pocket, and I hand that to Roman. And while he has one of each in each of his hands, I basically tackle him, but I give him a huge hug. Oh, I I never knew you liked me. Oh dear. Oh, oh, I guess we're friends now. This is nice. Well, he obviously likes you. He left my hug for yours. Well, I, I'm sorry. It's <laughs> I. I mean, bring it in. I mean, I'm all for the hugs. It's just I. No. I I can't say any more because. I know the rules, but it's good to see you, Roman. If, if you both hug me, I will throw a cat at you. And with that, <gasps> I, think Car- I think Carrie and Travis share a look, and we make a Roman sandwich. <laughs> no, 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 no. Come on this, in, Mr. Uh, Mises. Come on in, Gunther. This okay, is so undignified. Oh, Lord. Oh, Bring no. it in. Bring it in. You're going to like it, Roman. This is this is inappropriate now. Uh, Travis, you are you are now becoming aware of not just who is here, but who isn't here. Uh, you are you you are now acutely aware of the fact that the Doctor is not present in the TARDIS. Uh, uh Carrie, wh- where where's the Doctor? Uh, I don't know. I felt like I blinked, and she was gone. Uh, alright, Travis is gonna go over to the console. And he's going to check the transmat logs. 
that the TARDIS might have that I'm making up. Cool. That's a great idea. Um, it doesn't have transmat logs. Like, like even like like the. I'm assuming the TARDIS keeps track of just like everything that goes on. I mean, on I would inside. say this, like you know, was oh yeah, it's yeah. There's probably going to be some kind of internal sensor that you can you can use um, if you want to try to operate the TARDIS. Um, it's going to be uh, ingenuity and technology, um, but it's sufficiently advanced technology compared to your level that you're going to take a negative three uh, nerf to that roll. Fair enough. All right, so I'm going in with a five then, so that's not too, too bad. Um, Thirteen. Um, I'm going to call that a yes, but. Um, you're not able to get any specific uh, readings, but... Hmm. Michael, how do you want to play this? I think in the background, uh, Roman has opened and is reading the letter. And mm. uh, at this moment, just finished... Uh, and he um, he looks up to Travis and goes, "Hold on, you can't go that way. I have to send you ahead. She'll meet up with you there." Okay, um, you you may have to pilot the TARDIS because I mean, yeah, I don't. We're, we're doctorless. I don't, mean, I don't mean the TARDIS, Travis. I need to send you into the Matrix. Okay. There's no other way to get this TARDIS back to Gallifrey. They've blocked the shield, and it seems I've come up with a rather ingenious plan. As it turns out, it takes two keys to access the Matrix now. We can do that. It also requires the President and the Keeper of the Matrix. And that's you. The other you, isn't it? From what I've recently discovered, yeah. But you know what? I've got you two. You do. And you will. And uh, Roman is going to move over to one of the, uh, like the psychic access part of the TARDIS. And uh, plug both uh, of the Matrix keys, which are the 2086 AE keys and not the TARDIS keys. Um, Very nice. That we that I seeded earlier. Uh, I'm gonna plug those into the TARDIS and uh, turn both Wait. like a like an action movie. Wait, I stop you right before you do, mm. and I go right over to Carrie and I say, "Look, um, I think things are gonna get pretty dangerous right now, and I don't want to put you in a situation where you could get hurt. I mean." This is only, <laughs> this is only your second trip through space and time, and I, I. The universe is terrifying, and I was given an opportunity to go home. And I think it's only fair that you get the same opportunity because. You're a human being, and that's the beauty of us. We have free will, and I, I don't want to see you, get in over your head unless, unless you are okay with it uh well i know you were passed out but i just saw some really weird 
inflatable tube guys outside. That's pretty deep for me. So... Yes? I think this is better than running some chicken nuggets and dairy products to a robot that really could care less about me. Oh, it's definitely better than ordinary life. I, The things the doctor and Roman have showed me have changed me in ways I can't even begin to understand. And I have been terrified and I have been so out of my depth, but it has been glorious and wonderful and terrible and heartbreaking all at the same time but you should well, get that you should I'm, get that choice yeah uh, i'm grateful to have it and uh you know like every good jedi it's not the absence of fear but the ability to move through it so uh mr Mises and i are in as long as we we get transparency because there's I don't really understand a lot of what's going on, and that's okay, and you don't have to fill me in on everything, but, uh, I should know, like, important things. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. I don't even know what I'm really saying. I mean, All the right. Cl- Cliff's Notes version, I think we have to kill a god president. Yes. That'd be ideal. <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> Let me give you the short version. Uh, my people, the Time Lords... All the masters of all time and space recently, uh, they resurrected an ancient monster man as their god president. It's like making Genghis Khan president. It's a bad idea. Don't do it. Um, he right. Has, he had too many wives. Uh, too much ego, really. Um, yeah. In this case. Maybe not enough wives. Maybe just get him some wives. I haven't thought about that. Got it. He, Got maybe it. Don't... he does also have a version of me from a parallel dimension that was uh, taken over and influenced by an evil alien entity. Um, But now this version of me, I have a better understanding of that knowledge and... So maybe Rassadon's got a boyfriend. I don't know. But you two have to go into the Matrix, which is the repository of all Time Lord knowledge and, frankly, all of our memories. It's a graveyard for ghosts, but the ghosts are alive and predict the future... And most of the time they get it wrong, which is weird and we should probably stop doing it. Um, it's going to be like a nightmare dreamscape made of everything you've ever seen and nothing you've ever believed. So, Hollywood. Oh, hey, you, you're prepared. <laughs> this guy's oh. fully prepared. We're ready to go. Yeah. All right. Oh, this, this, this sounds like another day at work. Classic. All right, well, I, I can tell the doctor picked well. Um, well, then. I suppose sure it's did. time to send you both along. Hmm. All right. And uh, Roman's going to turn the keys, and then I think in a clever piece of set reuse, that door from Trouble in Tardis Town in the back of the console room uh, will open again like an elevator, uh, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of yeah. my idea. Um, and there's sort of a whooshing white space inside. I love it. Yes, ladies first. Why don't we do this together? On three? Yes. One, One two, two, three! Picture in your mind's eye a white hot sun 
beating down on yellowed sand. Picture the harsh light, the ripples of heat in the air, the lens flare. Imagine, if you can, the one-two punch of that light, those high temperatures, the finacial quality of it all. Picture the doctor in the middle of it all. She was not here when I began speaking, but she has appeared now, suddenly, dust and sand blown up and out, creating great yellow clouds. She feels the heat even before she feels the ground beneath her feet. There is a familiarity to this oppressive weather. Surrounding her on three sides are walls, high and indomitable, made of a weathered ancient orange stone. From the base to about waist high, they are covered in thin, wiry vines that grow up and out of the ground, their twists and turns against the stone, punctuated with the shimmer of silver leaves that catch the sunlight just so. Ahead of the Doctor is a path. It splinters off in many directions. Picture it as she sees it. Picture the path ahead. Imagine the stone walls on either side, the yellow sand below, the vines, the leaves. And then picture what it might be like to rise above it all, to lift yourself up and away from where the Doctor currently stands, to be lifted up and out of this narrow passage. Picture rows and columns of orange stone, of passages and pathways, all ahead of the Doctor. Picture the gleaming light of a million silver leaves, all glistening with sunlight. Picture a labyrinth. Cast your mind's eye back down into the maze, to the Doctor again, standing at the mouth of it all. Picture the Doctor's face, as she says, Oh, if David Bowie's not in there, I'm going to be right hacked off. my phone that works right he could also tell me to do a google <laughs> space I, google I, yeah, I could... ideally i can't be space googled but here let me you know what this yeah is... otherwise the time it would be very easy for the time lords to find you if you were yeah. space googleable yeah really he, really he had to turn off the tur- uh the find my tardis uh app oh yeah. <laughs> it'll make sense now um <laughs> Yeah, this is the yeah. Roman's been traveling around trying to elude the time lords. Always one step behind him. Turns out he's been checking into places on Foursquare the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Just instinctively, he hasn't even been thinking about it. He's the mayor of this one Starbucks from 2011. Is it, is it Fourth Dimension Square? <laughs> oh, I'm the mayor of all the Zim Shortens, darling. <laughs> all of them. Uh, Dan, you definitely get a story point for that. I don't care. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Give yourself a story point. Uh, 
And you know what? If you don't use it by the end of the session, because it, it's possible, uh, you can carry that over to the next one. Ugh. I'm going to write that down right now. Um, yeah. But if you do use it, we can cut that bit out. It's fine.